Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering the listeners of Simple Theology a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash simpletheology and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a free title and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash simpletheology. Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by looking at various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane. Yes, you are Robert Kane, Rob. Isn't that nice? I am Robert Kane, and what's your name? My name? My name what's is Rick Gromlich, of course. Bill Gromlich. Rick. So, um, you say you're Robert Kane, but then, like, you always go by Rob. So, are you, like, in an identity crisis with your name? No, Rob's just a short version of Robert. But when you introdu- introduce you, like, I'm Robert Kane. Yep, that's my name. But then you're like, hey, Rob. You're like, hey, Rob. And you're like, yeah, you call me Rob. I'm Rob Kane. No, I say, yeah, you can call me Rob or Robert. Either one. But why do you want Robert on the official, like, intro? Because that's my name. Then why do you want people to call you Rob? They can call me whatever they want. They can call me Robert or Rob. And can, you, can they call you Bob? They can call me Bob. I love the name Bob. My Uncle Bob is one of the coolest guys that Shout I know. Shout out Uncle Bob. What about Bobby? Prefer not Bobby. No, you said you literally just said anything you want. You say, if okay. they can call me whatever they want. All right, Bobby. Robert, Rob, Bob. All right, Bobby. So, Bobby, what are we talking about today? Well, Bill, <laughs> we're talking about small groups. Small groups. Small groups, community groups, life groups, discipleship groups. No, no, no. I would, I would actually make a distinction between small groups, community groups, life groups, and then off to the side, discipleship groups. Well, I think that's what we're going to talk about today. Oh, well, okay. Maybe I should have looked at the show notes. Yeah, you should probably do that sometime. Anyway, <laughs> so we're talking about groups today. Um, a lot of mainline churches, a lot of just churches in general, they have structures that um, they use to, within the greater body, have smaller gatherings of people. And there's, in these groups, there's things like discipleship. Quick definition that I put together, small groups of Christians, usually Christians, not always, usually, who gather regularly for fellowship and to study the word and pray. Um, this will be kind of our working definition of what we are, we're going to call small groups in this yep. podcast. But it could relate to all those different things. So anyway, Rob, you made a, a quick thing before we get into why these are important. But you would you would uh, separate out discipleship group because you think that's more intentional as far as like very specific making disciples? Yeah, yeah. So I, the, here's my framework, and maybe we can suss this out more, but uh, community groups, life groups, small groups. Um, can be a mixed group of Christians and non-Christians birthed out of the church um, who are meeting together to do exactly what you said, study scripture and pray together. Um, Whereas discipleship groups would be people who are already followers of Christ, disciples of Christ, who are gathering to be intentional about um, becoming more faithful disciples of Christ. And then from there, um, learning, you and I were talking about this earlier, learning how to then go and disciple others. Right. Okay. So I would agree with you on that definition, that separation. And I would say some churches um, actually do that when they say, hey, get in a discipleship group. Yeah, definitely. S- some do not. Yep. So anyway, um, at New Life, the church I'm with, we have, we call them small groups. Rob, the church you're with, Life Point. Both our churches. We had to stick with the similar marketing. Yes. You guys so have Life Point has life groups. Life groups. Ah, 
That's so cool. Mm. Maybe we should call ours new life groups. There you go. Yeah. Like every time we make a new, a new one. You can say, hey, we're a, we're a new life group. We're a new life group. Where's the old life group? We kicked there, them out. There are none. <laughs> we told them to go find a new church. <laughs> we said, you guys, you guys have been around too long. That's right. You're no longer fit under, fit under so the description. A, there, there are a lot of thoughts and feelings here. when people start talking about small groups. Some people love them. Some people hate them. Um, if people have been around the church for any, any number of years, they've probably had good experiences and bad experiences. They've seen them hopefully done well. But I would wager if anyone's ever been in small groups for any amount of time, they've seen them done poorly. So anyway, um, yep. Rob, we're going to talk about why that's important, why, we, like, why I believe some kind of small group, some small gathering as a body of Christ outside of the, the larger gathering is important. But I will add a little caveat here. If you're involved in a smaller church, you know, where you're probably 120 or less, you might not need small groups. You should probably have a decent amount of intimacy and so forth as a church. You know everybody. So you would say so a church at 120 doesn't need well, small okay. groups? Actually, I'm going to take that back. Any church could use small groups, but small groups become much more the life blood of the, of, and the function of the body of Christ to you in a church of a couple hundred because you can't know all those people. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. I, okay. I, think, I think even a church of like a 50 yeah, could still they, have a couple small groups. No, I think they could. I'm just saying the idea of who is the hands and feet of the body for you. If it's a church of two or three or four hundred people, like not that many people are actually going to like know your intimate situation and how to minister to you. Yeah, yeah. You know what it'd I mean? Be, yeah, it'd be in the context so anyway. of, of a small group. But like just to suss out that. Let's uh, suss let's, it. Let's say there is a church of 50. Yes. And let's say. I know uh, a church of 30, and they have several small groups. Yeah. yeah. So a church of 30. Probably, I would say, maybe a third of them are kids. Maybe. I mean, okay. any given church of 30, maybe a third of them, maybe half of them are kids. But that still leaves you with, let's say, 15 adults. Right there, you could have two small groups of six or eight or seven, 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 seven eight, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Seven and a half and seven and a half. You know what I mean? Just mix it up um, right, 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 right. and just gather together in a smaller setting where you can pour over the Scripture and talk with one another and pray with one another. I would agree. I would agree. So some of the reasons why, like I said, why I think it's important, these things are important. Um, Hebrews 10, 24, 25 talks about do not forsake gathering together. You know, sometimes we can have like an island mentality where, hey, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I do my own thing. I don't need to be in a church or whatever. And uh, they just hang, they do their own thing. Well, the scripture is clear. We need to, to gather together as the body of Christ. It's very important that we do that. Yeah. Um, one, it helps us keep us humble. It does a lot of other things, but that's one of the first ones, Rob. Yeah, so, so well, when it says don't forsake gathering together, so so long as they're going to church on Sunday. No. Why not? Well, I mean, technically, if you're going, you're gathering. There's much, this, in context, this is much more than just sitting in a chair with a bunch of other people listening to other people talk. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, you I do. Suss that? You can suss that well, out more. Well, I, I was just trying to trying to suss out um, the, th- the thing about going to church on Sunday, it, uh, well, first off, the thing about small groups is that it's not, um, if your church doesn't have small groups, it doesn't mean your church is a false church or anything like that. We want to make sure that's clear. Um, if your church isn't doing small groups, then it doesn't mean it's a bad church. It just means that we, we believe that a small group helps um, formulate and put flesh on that skeleton right. of all the one another's that we see in Scripture. Yes. 
So yeah. the scripture says, it says to pray with one another, confess sin to one another, to exhort one another, to, to build up one another. Mm-hmm. And so we, we would say that, yes, that can be done in the context of, of church on Sunday, but, I mean, a long service for most churches is going to be two hours. Most churches well, are sitting around, long. yeah, that's an really hour long. or an hour and a half. Right. And well, so with that, if you have an hour, hour and a half throughout the week, and that's it, mm-hmm. like that's a really difficult way to fulfill all of those one another's that we find in Scripture. So we think small groups are a good um, help to come right. alongside and, and formulate those things some, in our lives. Some churches, in a church that, that Rob and I were involved in before, they do a great, like, they don't have small groups, and they do a great job of community and fellowship and being together and being the body of Christ and fulfilling those one another's. Yeah. And that's a beautiful Certainly. thing if you can do that. Um, but for most situations, you, you, know, you need to be obedient to loving the body and letting the body uh, love on you. And so small groups is a, is a really effective way, can be a really effective way of getting that done. Um, Another reason why it's really important, Colossians 1, chapter 1, verse 28 says, We proclaim him, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. This is a part of the, the work of the body. So warning and teaching, right? Um, sometimes we just like to talk about the teaching, but we also warn. But the goal is that we may present everyone mature in Christ. So yeah. it's not just that I mature in Christ, but that it's me and my brother and my sister maturing in Christ together. Yeah, and, and, uh, and there's also something unique about sitting in the context of a small group where it's not just the preacher preaching. You are all kind of communicating t- together. You're engaging in conversation with one another um, about whatever you're going over. And so it helps you kind of um, work through some of the things that you as a church are going through mm-hmm. uh, by having conversations about it, intentional conversations about it, where, hey, for the next hour, we as a group of 10 people are going to talk about this text, and then we're going to pray with each other. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So there's the aspect on Sunday where we sit and we listen to the word preach, which is important. Um, then the nice, unique thing about small groups is that we get to kind of then talk about it. And right. Instead of sitting quietly at church, we then engage with one another mm-hmm. in conversation. Rob, we're sitting um, in your garage looking out, and this is totally random, but everyone's putting their trash out around your neighborhood. Yep. And they're all putting a recycling out. Yep. And your recycling's in your garage upside down, your recycling bin. Do you not recycle? No, we don't recycle. Wow. I'm glad you appreciate God's earth. It's a gift to you. Yeah, glad we probably— a good steward of the earth. Probably should recycle. We just— Why don't you recycle? We just don't have a, a part in our house where it's like, hey— glassware cans go in this bin and okay. trash goes in this bin. I just bin. want to lay this out, Rob. And I'm sorry I have to do this on the podcast, but publicly. people got to know. Um, your garage door is literally like seven steps from your kitchen. And you open the garage door and three feet away is the recycling bin. Yeah. So you could literally go, literally go. Literally. 10, 15 feet and put all that stuff that you don't think you have a spot for in your recycling bin. No, we could we could do that in the garage, but when the trash can's right there next to the dinner table, we just toss it in that. I know. I know that's what you do. But that's the problem, is that you need to learn to recycle. Apparently I do. There's no apparent about it. No. Like, you just need Rick, to. That it would be apparent. Just do it. You're making a point, and your point appears to be obvious, which should be the proper use of the word apparent. So apparently I do. Some things appear, but they aren't the reality. 
The fact is, you should recycle. Apparently. Go get your go get your recycling bin <laughs> and recycle. I just just like something. I need to find like just one, one of those thing. Lacroix cans. <laughs> Toss them in there. Yeah. So, um, Rob's wife Danielle likes the Lacroix. Dude, she loves Lacroix. And um, they, we've been over here. They've been over to our place a couple times, and they've had some Lacroix. I just can't seem to get it on the Lacroix wagon. I'll I, be honest. You know, I can drink it, but I I don't drink it that much because it doesn't. Doesn't, really it doesn't do it. bring enough to the table for me. That's it's what I'm like saying. it's lightly flavored, and so you you get a little bit of that flavor. Danielle thinks that there's a ton of flavor in that thing, and so for her, she loves it. For me, I'm like, eh, there's a little bit of flavor, but honestly, I would rather just drink water. Right. And so or or something completely different. Yeah. All right. All right. Milk, sorry. Orange Back on juice. Topic. Here we go. Why are small groups important, Rob? What's the third point here? So um, it holds us. To a higher standard, Colossians one twenty eight Rick, which you just Wait, I think it's Colossians one twenty eight, not Colossians one twenty eight Rick. <laughs> well, it's on here twice, <laughs> and so I'm gonna read it again. Oh, you're so right. Were you supposed to put a different verse? Yeah, yeah, I was. Well, you think about that, but yeah, I think where this. Where am I going with this? Ooh, well, okay, yeah, keep going. You got it. Okay, well, I'll, I'll read um, that passage because I think it, this passage does apply to it. And so that you we, let Rick do the show notes one time. You had one job. You had, I had one, one job. job. But the warning and teaching aspect is it does hold us to a higher standard because when we gather as believers and we talk about the scriptures and we warn one another to, hey, flee from sin. Don't, don't embrace sin. And, and we teach each other from scripture with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Those are our warnings to one another. Hey, right. do not embrace what God calls wicked because God has made you for his purposes. God has made you to, to enjoy him and when you do that that's when you will see the most flourishing in your life doesn't mean you're gonna necessarily be healthy wealthy and wise not, not prosperity gospel is it wrong to be healthy not at or all wealthy nope or wise nope okay but what i'm getting at <laughs> is that these do you, th- do you recycle all right okay <laughs> when we do uh gather together we're able to hold one another to a higher standard because we did just finish up our solo series um but the sola scriptura, that's our final authority. And so right. when we see in scripture God calling his people to live a certain way, we say, hey, look, God, the designer of life, has said this is the best way to live life. He who created everything probably knows what's going to be best for his creation in the way that they live. And so we hold each other to a higher standard based off that verse that you duplicated. Did you find the verse that you were looking for? Sure did, right here. Take it away. Colossians 3. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with the gratitude in your hearts. And just this idea that as, as a body, as a group, you let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, um, and you gather for the edification of the body of Christ. And it's these things that help us to grow in Christ and um, help us mature. And I think that it's important that we view the church as a, as a body, as a way that, hey, Rob's job is to help the, the body he's involved with grow. And those that go to church with Rob and go to do uh, life groups, that's their term, their job is to help Rob grow. Yeah. So if they think, hey, it's um, something I come and I just participate in, I just do it, and um just consume. Consume. They are mistaken. Now, they hopefully get good things and they consume good things. But if it's consumeristic, it's about them. 
you're missing the mark. Yeah, true participation is going to go both ways. You're, you're going to take in and you're also going to put out. And so, a good relationship. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, exactly what you were saying. But the, uh, what I was getting at was the priesthood of all believers. Yes. And so, it's not just for us to, to go to church and, to use the word that you said earlier, consume, because we are also called to admonish one another and exhort one another. So, Rob. We've been around the small group, life group, community group, subgroup, all that group group stuff long enough to know there are some misconceptions when it comes to these groups. Um, and you kind of hinted on the top one from the get-go, but I want you to suss this out a little bit. Do We've s- been saying suss out a lot. Yeah. We, I want need, you to, we need to what, go to a less popular say? one, flesh out. Flesh out. <laughs> it's like yeah, just as popular. That sounds like more gruesome. No, it's putting flesh on this skeleton of an idea. You think so? Yeah, I've looked it up because I didn't know if it oh. was flush out or flush, like flushing flush. a toilet, like you're flushing <laughs> flush out. these things through a pipe. This idea is crap. Um, what's <laughs> yeah. a, okay, so what's a different one? Let's flush out, suss out. Let's, let's dive in. Exa- oh, let's, let's, again, it's so popular. Okay, Rob, <laughs> right. break this down for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one I haven't heard. <laughs> break down. Do small groups equal discipleship? Um, I would. What you said earlier. In that some churches are able to do that. Okay, it's a yes or no. No, I'm just kidding. Keep going. (laughs) Some churches are able to do that. So I actually know of a church where, in order to be in a small group, you have to be a member of the church, and so it's a closed group because, and their their reasoning behind it is, hey, this is where we as the body are going to. (coughs) Man, got something in my throat there. We are going to um, confess sin to one another. And this is well, that sounds like a good time. <laughs> this is this is really yeah right. This is this is a really intimate time. Um, this is a vulnerable time. So and is that so, like couples get together like the like confess all their sins to the other couples or like yeah no no <laughs> uh, we use wisdom um, but we do we do talk to each other about areas where we're falling short areas where the Lord's convicting us where we need to um, repent and we ask for for help in that that people would be praying for us and. Um, some churches, just to try and foster an environment where that's a safe space to do that, they say, hey, look, only the people who have um, covenanted with one another and said, we are in this together, we are, we're following Jesus together, um, and so they would say, our small groups are reserved only for them. We don't want it to be where people who may not be a member of the church can come in and get all the dirt, so to speak, and then leave. And so... I could understand how why they would do that, and so in, in that case, small groups may equate to more formal discipleship. Um, in most cases, it, I would say it wouldn't, because um, we're trying to simply look at a text, and there's going to be some passive discipleship that happens, and so it's going to, like, we are going to um, end up discipling each other passively as we look at this at the text together or the, the study together, whatever it is. Um, but but I would say that it, it would not equate to formal discipleship. And we kind of talked about this earlier, um, but we were talking about ways to quantify discipleship. And mm-hmm. this is, we can do an episode on discipleship. There goes Neville again barking. Um, but why would we say that the small group, in most cases, would not equal formal discipleship, Rick? Uh, sorry, is that a question? Yeah, it was. Okay, can you... I lost it. <laughs> Why would we say that small groups do not equal formal discipleship in most cases? So that that case where churches say it's right. only for members, right. it's very... we could see what they mean by how that would be formal discipleship, more formal discipleship. But in most cases, that that's not how churches do small groups. And so why would that 
we would say that's not the same as formal discipleship. Yeah. So fellowship, prayer, reading scripture are all things that are a part of the process of discipleship, but those things in and of themselves are not discipleship. So if a group gathers, just because they're together, um, again, doesn't mean that they're actually helping each other go from point A to point B, so to speak, or advancing in their walk. Um, one of the metrics or a way that I measure, okay, is this person truly discipled? Are they, a, is, are they after I've discipled them, are they going and discipling someone else? So, um, in a so you would say small that group. What? Sorry, that all kind of ran together there. You would say that well, the I'm way not, that I'm sitting. What? What? Huh? I, you said I was running. No, that sentence ran together. Oh, I and had so, a period in there. Yeah, it was a quick one though. Yeah. Like I know what you're trying to say, but Rob I'm trying to clarify. Mansplain again, brother. Uh, Come yeah, on. Mansplaining. Here we go, Rick. Pay attention and listen closely. Okay. <laughs> Here's what you were trying to say. Demean me some more. <laughs> All right, yeah. Shoot, what am I missing? Well, you said it. It's just I'm trying to make it more clear for people listening in is that you would say that to quantify discipleship, to be confident that this person is being discipled and is now um, going out and doing the act of discipleship is, is that they have gone from the formal discipleship that they've participated in and they are now discipling somebody else. Yes. Yeah. I- that's the point I was trying to make. Thank yeah. you for coming. And you made it, but I was just trying to. Yeah, I wasn't quite have finished a when, you, when you interrupted me, but I was close. Oh well, man, I should have should have just let you run with it, baby. Sorry, no, so that would be like the the number one way I would I would measure discipleship is that it's multiplying. So this person has made a disciple. That person then goes and just starts to disciple someone else. Um, you don't see that with small groups. You see people gathering, sharing each other's burdens and their worries and all those great things. But you can't say, hey, guess what? We have, you know, 60% of our congregation are in small groups, so 60% are being discipled. That's, that's not the way it works. Now, you might have a leader who is trying to raise up another leader in that small group, and that could be discipleship there. But as a whole, as an entity, a small group or a community group is not, does not equal discipleship. Um, another misconception, these are people who get kind of bitter Small groups, they say, are pointless. There's no point to them. And I've been in small groups like that, too, where you get together, and you're nice people, but you guys don't really feel like sharing your deepest, darkest secret. You're not really sharing your struggles. You're kind of going through the motions. It eats up your Sunday afternoon um, with kind of idle chit-chat, awkward or prayers. Or your Tuesday Nobody afternoon. If wants you're... To... Are you saying that yours is pointless? No, not at all. I'm just saying... We meet on Tuesday. Some small well, groups are going to meet on different days, right? It's not all going to be Sunday afternoon. Not everybody <laughs> does not it your on way. Sunday afternoon, then they're not actually a small group. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so people just say, hey, those are pointless. And to that, I would simply say, okay, do you have a good, rich community? If you have that, okay, if you don't need it, but there are groups and churches that do need it. So don't, Yeah, don't and just, just because the small group isn't necessarily functioning the, in the way that it should doesn't mean right. we get rid of small groups altogether. Or just because you're the guy who shows up once and you think everyone needs to listen to you and you have a great opinion, and if, <laughs> if it's not about you, then it's not about, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, just because you think that way doesn't mean small groups are pointless, okay? Dude, I've been in, I've, I was in a group where this one guy just always had to voice. Is this. that that Mark guy you're talking about? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for a second there, I was like, uh, <laughs> who are you talking about? And then I realized we both know Mark Bobble, and that is not the guy I'm talking about. Um, that's funny, though. But uh, just, be- like, just because there is that guy 
Right. Or just because your group isn't working the way that it should work doesn't mean we get rid of it altogether. Right. Well, and that's the thing. Like, man, we, you, again, I, I could harp on this, but you do, in different spheres of the church, people want to be a big fish, you know, and it's, it gets annoying. They want to, they can't have it their way. They'll take their, ball, they'll take their ball and go home. And it's like, man, that's not the attitude that you need to have here. So um, another big misconception that people have with small groups is this idea of multiplication. Um, so from a, from a church stance, a, a stance, a strategy stance, when a group gets bigger, they're too big to really be a small group. We say, hey, they're going to multiply into another group, right? We'll have two groups. This is that a is bad mul- thing? This is multiplication. That's great. We love multiplication. But if you're in the group, what all you hear is division. We're dividing you guys up. Your group's too too big, and you guys are having too much fun. We need to divide you up. This is really hard because as a pastor, like it's your desire that that group separates so that maybe a couple other people who, who don't have community can get involved, have community, and, and flourish. But if you're in that group, I totally get it. Like everyone's jiving. Like you're having a great time. Like like a good time. You're you're growing spiritually. You have community, and then these guys come in who aren't a part of your small group and say, "Nope, sorry guys, you gotta multiply." So um, it's a misconception because people think it's just division. Well, you are separating, but it's for the the, the glory, uh, for God's glory, and the growth of the church that you can add other people in to experience. Um, the body of Christ. Yeah, and and like our group right now is, is, I mean, if everybody shows up, we're looking at potentially twenty-seven people. Wow. And and yeah, last huge. our last term, we had we had like fifteen people, and fifteen people was even pushing a little bit because we try to keep it around ten to twelve, and so now we're looking at potentially twenty-five, twenty-seven people. Like we're gonna have to cross that bridge, and it's gonna be difficult. Um, but at the end of the day, if someone, if a new person comes in and says, "I want, I want a, a small group of believers to walk with and to and to grow with and to pray with," like it's going to be really intimidating for somebody to come in uh, to a group of twenty-five mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. start talking to them or even start participating in the conversations. Absolutely. Um, whereas if it's a group of ten or twelve, it makes it a lot more accessible for a person to feel like they can talk and have their voice be heard. And I, I would also say you need to be wise about why you're picking a small group. Again, this goes back to the thing about it's not about you. It's, a, it's about the body of Christ. So if you're like, hey, I just like this or that, um, I'm about, you know, it, it feeds me. It fits just my needs. Those are pretty selfish reasons. Now, hopefully you like the people you gather with. Hopefully, you know, it's a good time. But you need to be there with the understanding that, you're here to encourage the body of Christ as well, not just consume. Yeah. So, yeah. Rob, or Robert. <laughs> Robert. You can call me Bob. A- Bobby Andrew. Bobby A. Bandrew. Bandrew. Bobby A. Give us some main takeaways. <laughs> All right. Main takeaway number one for small groups is if your church does small groups or life groups, discipleship groups, community groups, whatever you want to call them, here's the thing, guys. Get involved. This is a means by which we grow as a body, as the body of Christ. This is where we can participate in those one another's. And so this is a, a prime way for us to, to, to grow in our fellowship with one another and another way in which we can gather together and not just meet for an hour on Sunday and then go about the rest of our Sunday and the rest of our entire week not, not engaging with one another, not building each other up. So if right. your church does small groups man we cannot encourage you enough 
to get involved and it's going to be awkward like they're they're in every group ever time out i'm gonna marco polo bro what's your marco polo pete lewis oh man Dude, can i We're watch to this, pause like, this no just keep it going it's okay keep it going yeah pete shout out to you oh we'll watch it later never mind well why, why are you gonna you're gonna do that and you're just not gonna play it well i mean like what i don't know what he's gonna say play it people want to hear we've already talked about it all right pete um Hope it's appropriate, man. That's all I gotta say. No, I've never had anything repeat and it wasn't appropriate. Peggy, how you doing? How's the little fella? Is he getting enough sleep? Hope you're well. <laughs> well, that was our first guest appearance on Simple Theology. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pete Lewis, glad you made it oh, on man. the uh, Marco Polo app. So anyway. Um, get, involved get involved with small groups, guys. Yeah, so the other point is learn to struggle with the with your body of believers, um, this is where you see in small groups people maybe some personality issues, maybe people you don't like the way the leader's leading this session or whatever. But you learn to struggle with the body of Christ because this is God's gift to us, and He calls us to love everyone. But the Scripture is clear, like we are to love the body of Christ first. So if you think you're going to go out and love sinners and love lost people, tell you what, if you're not loving Christians first. You're not going to be loving lost people. Yeah. That's just clear. That's a good word. Um, and then, what's the third point, Rob? Third point is that small groups are hard. It's kind of like the second, but it's... Yeah. But at the end of the day, guys, they're worth it. Yeah. I mean, when... Community. Yeah. The body of Christ is worth it. And and even at work, people can, can understand that there are some people who are more difficult to work with, but you don't just up and quit your job because... You have people that are difficult to work with. You work through those things, and through that, you build character. And so with small groups, not everybody's going to be easy to talk to. Not everybody's going to be easy to uh, pray with, so to speak. And so with that, do we just cross off small groups altogether? Do we just peace out and say, I tried it, it wasn't for me? Nah. We instead say, you know what, I'm going to dig in. That's right. And this may be difficult, but the Lord's going to sanctify me through it. And Lord willing, I can be an encouragement to others because your small group isn't just about feeding you. You're also there. God has placed you there to be an encouragement to the people that you are walking with. Amen to that, man. Mm. I saw you close your computer right there. Yeah. So I feel like that's the nonverbal sign of wrapping this up. Yeah, so Rob, why don't you tell people how they can get in contact with us? All right, I got it. I got a script right here. You guys can reach out to us on Facebook at Simple Theology. You can also hit us up on Twitter at Simple Theology underscore. We do have a Patreon page, so if you guys want to be awesome and support us, you can look us up on Patreon and I would at say, Simple Theology. If you don't support us, I think you're still awesome. I mean, that's not what Rob would you're, say, you're, based on what he just said, but you're great. I would say you're awesome. You're awesome for listening, and we love you for being uh, part of the Simple Theology family. But man, if you wanna if you wanna go up and notch in our be book, like, if you wanna be like Ed, yeah, if you wanna be like Ed, man, Ed supported. That's right. So if you wanna support the podcast, go to Simple Theology um, on Patreon. We have some rewards there where you guys can get some books from us. Ooh. And clearly, my dog Neville um, thinks you should as well, as he <laughs> barks in the background. Um, so you can hit us up there, uh, or guys, check out our website. We put a ton of time into this website, so check it out. It's simpletheology.org. You can find our episodes there. You can find our show notes there where we post up pictures and uh, put references and all that jazz. So um, in addition to that, tell your friends about the show, and then leave us a rating on iTunes. Um, that would really help us out as well. Yes, we want to hear from you. I know I said it last episode, but like, um, hopefully you guys reach out to us. Yeah, and we're on Stitcher and Google Play as well. So if you're listening on one of those means, then 
by all means. Hook us up with a rating. We would be very appreciative of that. Um, is that all you have to say, Rob? That's it. That's in the script. So dang it. I'm uh, pretty uh, much done here. Well, until uh, next time. Big gulps, huh? <laughs> well, see you later. See you later. <laughs>